0: Good afternoon. Happy Labor Day, everybody. We are here for a very special Labor Day weekend edition of Mental Dimes Bump and Run College Football Coverage. Week one is officially in the books. We had a full slate of games, uh, lots to talk about. Hopefully you had a chance to watch uh, as much college football as you wanted because there's plenty of it on. Uh, I am uh, at NG Triplet, uh, Coach Trip. With me always is T-Mac. As we talk about, you know him from Hitting off T's and draining threes. Uh, before we get started, we'll talk, get a little of this housekeeping out of the way. Uh, certainly uh, follow Mental Dimes at mentaldimes.com for all your sporting needs. Uh, if you're into the betting situation, you can turn your dimes into dollars. They've got some really good uh, tips and things there. You can hit them up for uh, all the best there. If you want to interact with us on Twitter, at Mental Dimes CFB, uh, for specifically for college football want to interact with me personally, at NG Triplet. You want to talk to TMAC, at TM Squish, uh, and certainly uh, at Mental Dimes uh, as well for the Mental Dimes site. TMAC, great weekend of college football. Uh, Still got one big game tonight, uh, a top five team playing with Clemson doing Georgia Tech. Um, But just your uh, initial reaction from this first full weekend of college football, what jumped out at you?
1: No, first of all, trip. Uh, you know, it was an awesome first weekend. I know we we'd kind of teased that we we're going to do start Sunday night with our new time, but uh, we we kind of made the executive decision bump it back to Monday since we still got some games going. So, I know we're going to try to get this going Sunday nights in the future. But no, it was it was great. I mean, Thursday, great kickoff. I mean, what an opening uh, to the college football restart. You know, with Pitt, West Virginia, the backyard brawl getting going again. It was a fantastic game. Went down to the wire and. Man, it went all the way up into last night. We got a good one last night, uh, Sunday night, to to, and we still got a game going tonight. We still got Clemson here tonight, so uh, it was a fun weekend. There was a lot of good games, a lot of cl- close games. It almost felt like this first week, week into college football almost felt like March madness. There was so much madness going on. A lot of games came down the wire. A lot of craziness happened, and we've got a lot to talk about. I know for sure it's going to be a fun one.
0: Yeah, you, you bring up all the craziness. If, if week one is any indication of what we're in store for, it's going to be a wild ride. Uh, let's jump in and talk about a couple of the games that had some of these crazy finishes. Uh, obviously, we had uh, Appalachian State and North Carolina. Um, <laughs> you know, that that yeah, so many points, over 60 points scored in the fourth quarter. Um, and then uh, just when you think Appalachian State is is going to pull away, Carolina runs the onside kickback and – Uh, wow what a what a range of emotions for both fan bases players and coaches from that Uh, that was certainly an exciting game Uh, and then of course you had uh, old dominion you know beating virginia Virginia tech so that was uh, uh, certainly something that uh, is unexpected and i I think i saw a stat that said old dominion has uh, two wins over uh, fbs and they're both over virginia tech so that's that's certainly interesting um then we had closer to home for you and I, we had the triple overtime thriller between UTSA and Houston and San Antonio uh, came down to, um, you know, the third overtime that college rule where you're going for a two point conversion and uh, went and dove in the end zone. And, and then they were able to stop Harrison company uh, on that attempt. So they won that uh, obviously again, Thursday night Purdue and Penn state uh, great game there. Um, so, so much to go on you know of those uh you mentioned last night florida state lsu came down to the to the last uh extra point attempt um what 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 was your favorite uh game or, or the way it ended or from an excitement standpoint uh of some of those games
1: man the most exciting one you talk about you talk about all these games you got north carolina Appalachian State, gosh, the I don't I, this game I don't think was necessary on national television, but the the NC State game that wild finish against East Carolina, uh, NC State staved off a, a, a early first game that could ruin their season right off the bat. Uh, the UTSA game was great. That's probably that UTSA in Houston game was probably the one I was most glued to that ended up being. Uh, a, a photo finish and everything. I, I tuned in late to the game last night and got to see the, the last few minutes of that game, but I was really glued into that UTSA and Houston game. And it's unfortunate because I think both you and I were probably pulling for UTSA a little bit, nothing against Houston at all. But we, I know you've got, of course, Bryce, your son uh, with UTSA. And, and I've kind of, I know you and I both jumped on the, jumped on the roadrunner bandwagon a little bit. So it was a little unfortunate to see. Uh, UTSA have to fall like that but that was that UTSA and Houston game was probably the one I was probably most glued into that had a great finish you know you talk about uh there were so many good games you know the the Georgia and and Oregon game was kind of a dud but the even heck even the Ohio State and, and Notre Dame game it it wasn't the most exciting but it kept you at the edge of your seat till almost the very end I mean all these games were just so good and 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 I mentioned this earlier right off the bat the backyard brawl you know you had Pitt and In West Virginia which came down to the very end and and, you know when Pitt was able to to pull that one out but but probably I was probably locked into that UTSA in Houston game the most and unfortunate that they had that I'm not a big fan of the new overtime you know I I get why they did it I think (laughs) I think A&M and was it A&M and LSU few years ago I think I think they were probably I think they're probably the reason we've got this new overtime rule because of them but uh, it was unfortunate to have to see Frank Harris um, and, and Jeff Trailer and company lose that game after crawling their way back on that last drive. Man, that last drive was pretty cool. It was, I saw a few people on Twitter going calling Frank Harris, Frank Mahomes in that last drive, going down there in less than a minute and tying the game up. So that was pretty special for him. But probably that UTSA and Houston game was the one I was most uh, tuned into.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a, a fantastic game. Uh, again, obviously I have a, a dog in the fight there. Um, last night was interesting because it kind of, you know, started a little bit slow and, and uh, FSU had a couple of opportunities to, uh, I think, take control. You know, they get a, a punt return, I mean, a, a punt fumble and, and, and don't capitalize on that. And so it really ended up kind of being not that exciting of a game until the end. And then it got really exciting. And um, just when you think, OK, here we go, we're getting ready for overtime, kind of a routine extra point. Uh, gets blocked, uh, so two blocked uh, field goals and two muffed punts by um, LSU cost him the game. So, yeah. Um, now uh, let's jump in real quick, and we'll talk about some of these top five games that, uh, all in all, were were not nearly as exciting as some of these ones we've talked about. But let's kind of go uh, in order here, uh, starting with number one, um, probably what what you and I would have expected: Alabama and uh, Utah State at Alabama ends up going 55-0 in favor of Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, not a whole lot, probably different than what we would have expected, but a couple of numbers jump out at me. Um, the Alabama defense held Utah State to a total of 136 yards. Um, that's that's not passing or rushing. That's combined passing and rushing. Very. While Bryce Young and company uh, racked up 559 yards, so certainly that, that offense was clicking. Uh, Bryce Young. Um, he carried the ball five times for 100 yards, so that's a 20-yard per carry average uh, if you need that. And then he was 18-28 for 195 yards, and not one, not two, not three, not four, but five touchdowns. So uh, he he really had a, a fantastic night, five touchdowns passing, one touchdown running. Um, you and I have talked earlier uh, this offseason that, Nick Saban and company appear to have a chip on their shoulder. One for for the way they called it a rebuilding year, which you make it to the national championship. Uh, that's a pretty impressive rebuilding year. But then some of this banter back and forth with the NIL stuff and with Jimbo Fisher, he certainly has that team um, prepared and looking like they're on a mission. Uh, I know it's only game one, and I know it's Utah State, but um, they're the number one ranked team. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 what we got from Alabama, and is it what you expected?
1: Yeah, I, it was, you know, right off the bat. You know, I, and that's that's one thing in years past, at Alabama is really the only thing him, uh, Nick Saban, has really gotten a lot of flack for is not playing necessarily the most tough of uh, non, non-conference schedule. I know they've got a good one, uh, good – though I think they'll win, but, but this upcoming week, you know, they've got Texas on the road. So, you know, they're – Bumping it up a little bit. I'm sorry. I keep pulling up this West Virginia pit game, and uh, the sound keeps coming on. There we go. I'll get it muted. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it was you know easy, easy warm up for them. Uh, you know, I, I think they they handled business. They did what they needed to. They shut out Utah State, and Bryce Young looked good. And uh, but the, yeah, like I said, that's the only thing that Bama in years past has really gotten flack for is not playing necessarily the toughest of of, uh, of non conference schedules, but. Uh, I, guess, I guess when you're Nick Saban, you can back it up with however many wins and national championships he's able to win, <laughs> that uh, he's doing just fine. So not worried about Bama. They're going to be fine. Um, just uh, They're just kind of easing their way to start the season.
0: Sure. All right. So uh, that game kind of went the way most people expected it. Uh, they should have a little bit tougher time, as you mentioned, uh, playing the University of Texas uh, this weekend. Uh, but let's look at uh, number two, Ohio State. Uh, they wow. hosted the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, the last line I saw was Ohio State was, uh, I think, a 17.5 favorite. Um, Notre Dame had the lead going into halftime. Um, I think defensively, uh, they played well. Offensively, uh, this is where I think um, some Notre Dame fans are, are frustrated. They they could not generate any offense, really, uh, to speak of in that second half. And uh, a lot of people – blaming uh, offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, but how about let's give credit to that Ohio State defense? You know, we, we'd seen all offseason of uh, Ryan Day wanting to uh, – that team to be more physical, uh, to be more aggressive, and they were both running the ball when it mattered, particularly in that fourth quarter, and defensively, uh, they kind of shut down Notre Dame. Uh, it was only an 11-point game, which was maybe closer than most people would have expected, but that's only because – In my opinion, only because Ohio State chose to make a statement by running the ball, grinding it out. I think uh, that they could have, uh, the the score could have been worse, um, but I think they emphasized and wanted to make a point with their ground game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Ohio State uh, rushed for 172 yards uh, as a team. Uh, Everyone, of course, is familiar with Trevion Henderson. He had 91 yards, but the big story was how physical uh, Mayan Williams was Uh, 14 carries, 84 yards. Six yards of carry uh, and a touchdown uh, late. So um, they they really uh, I, I think uh, came out to make a, a statement and and I believe that they did.
1: No, yeah, you, you nailed it, Trip. I, I thought it was a very. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily the game, and we'll talk about this later. I know I know Ohio State lost uh, their best weapon. We've talked about this in, in in the past. And Jackson Smith and Jeeba got hurt with a hamstring, and uh, we've got a little segment. We'll talk about him later, but. Um, you know they adjusted well. I know uh, we talked about how good Marcus Freeman and, and, and Notre Dame's defense was going to be, and you know I, I kind of want to say this. You know it, it's going to hurt Notre Dame, but you almost take away like a. It's not a moral victory because it's hard to it's hard to bounce back from victories. I know you, we've talked about that. You can it, it's better for Notre Dame to lose now than it is later in the season. But man, you held a good offensive Ohio State team to just 21 points. The problem is is your offense didn't show up Uh, a, a Ohio state defense, which is not great. Um, Like you said, we, like you mentioned, uh, Ryan days challenged his defense to be more physical. And and I thought they really did a good job of that. Uh, You know, Buckner, Buckner wasn't horrible for, for Notre Dame, but, you know, I think he threw for, you know, about 180, 190 yards, something like that. Yeah.
0: 177. Um, Okay. Yeah. No touchdowns, no interceptions.
1: So, you know, and, and, and so if you're Ohio state, I mean, you did your job right there. You held, you held an Ohio, or excuse me, a a Notre Dame team to, to 10 points. You held their quarterback to no touchdowns uh, less than 200 yards passing. So you gotta be, I think you're, you're, you're gotta be happy if you're Ryan day on the defense, but man, if you're, if you're, if you're Marcus Freeman, you can't be put out with your defense. You held one of the best offensive teams in the nation, to just 21 points. And, I, re- I was really impressed with with Ohio State's offense with how mature they were. You could tell losing Smith and Jeeba that that really hurt. Uh, they utilized the run game. you mentioned you know Henderson had a great game him and him and Mayan Williams really ground and pound almost 30 carries between the two of them. Uh, really 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 mature game for, for I think from Ohio State when they when they lose a weapon, uh, you know Marvin, uh, Harrison Jr. got involved. Their their Swiss Army knife, Xavier Williams, they got him involved, but but they didn't force anything. You know they were they were really patient. And In the end, the better team won. They uh, they outlasted a, a a very good Notre Dame team. Um, so I, I think Ohio State's going to be. Uh, I think they did they did what they needed to do when they lost lost their best weapon out there.
0: And here's something out there, you. You know, uh,
1: Ohio State's
0: defense. They took some heat last year for their mm-hmm. run defense not being not, – not always being very good. Um, but, um, they they held uh, Notre Dame to 76 yards rushing on um, 30 carries, 2.5 yards a carry. So, um, you know, message uh, received by that uh, defense and, and really the whole team about playing more physical, playing more aggressive. Um, so I'm telling you the, 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 the rest of the Big Ten certainly, but also the, the teams on Ohio State's schedule uh, better be prepared because – uh, they look like they're definitely a, a, a hard-nosed uh, physical team or have the ability to be, and we already knew from last year, and with C.J. Stroud, they can they can light it up through the air. So if they've got both those options at their disposal, they're a very scary team going forward.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So let's jump on to uh, number three. Going into the week, number three team in the country, uh, we've got Georgia versus Oregon, kind of a coming home party, Dan uh, Lanning. The defensive coordinator of Georgia last year went out West uh, to become the head coach of the Oregon Ducks uh, coming home. Uh, We talked uh, last week about this game and, and I thought it would be much closer. Uh, I know one of, uh, one of our um, listeners said um, Georgia by 20. Well, I thought that was too high and, and it turns out that was that even that was way low. Um, this ended up being forty-nine to three in favor of the defending champs, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, and the Oregon Ducks coming in the season at number eleven. This wasn't a case of of them pay, playing a, a a team that uh, has no business, you know, playing against Georgia. What do you take away from that? Forty-nine to three beatdown uh, at home by the Georgia Bulldogs.
1: And, and, well, I've got you know for our later segment, we will talk a little Pac-12 too with this. Um, but my, my initial reaction extremely disappointed in in uh, in Oregon, um, Oregon. I think them in Utah really had the uh, and we'll talk about Utah too. I'm sure here here in a few. But you know those two teams really had a good opportunity to really not nec- not necessarily picking up picking up road wins, but had a had a good opportunity to set the tone for the Pac-12 and and say, hey, look, we're losing a few dogs here in a few years. This is our conference right here. And they really just kind of both went out and laid a goose egg. Um, he, Bo Nix went back to his old ways. Um, you know, there's a reason he left Auburn. Uh, it, it didn't pan out there for him. I still think Bo Nix is a great athlete, uh, but he struggles throwing the ball sometimes. And 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 and, and let's give George's defense credit. I mean, Kirby Smart's always going to have his his defense ready. You know, they lost. We've talked about this before. 15 guys to the draft. Um, you know, that, that's from both sides of the ball but but a, a lot of it was defensively they lost through the draft so Kirby Smart's always going to have Georgia ready defensively but my first reaction is wow I'm I'm I was extremely disappointed in Oregon I I actually thought between you know we were really excited for Ohio State Notre Dame and then and then this game right here Georgia and Oregon being a couple the probably the on paper the two best games for this weekend's slate and Wow. I mean, this was this was I, I honestly didn't even really watch much of this game as bad as it got early on. I, I tuned out early, but really looked at the, watched some highlights after the game and, and looked at the stats. And, and Bo Nix really just, really disappointed me. Yeah.
0: Really a tale of, of uh, two uh, extreme difference in performances. Um, Bo Nix, you know, 173 yards, uh, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Where on the other side, Georgia, uh, Stetson Bennett, 368 yards two touchdowns, no interceptions, and his backup, Carson Beck, got in, and he had 118 yards and one touchdown. Um, so, uh, obviously, um, G- Georgia rolled in this one, and you mentioned it, you know, eight eight uh, defensive players and, and 15 overall going to the draft. You kind of think maybe there'd be a, a little bit of a dip maybe early in the season while they figure some things out, but uh, Georgia definitely hit the ground running. Um, you know, they are the defending champs until somebody knocks them off, and And if week one is an indication that's not going to happen uh, anytime soon because uh, it was just uh, not pretty very difficult to watch Um, and as you said um, you know one of the marquee matchups you know we always talk about teams and you mentioned it earlier with alabama one of the criticisms is is they don't they don't always play uh, a tough non-conference schedule particularly early we'll hear oregon and georgia do that and um, the result is is uh, really difficult to watch so um, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm disappointed in the performance of Oregon and, and really um, raised my eyebrows. I knew Georgia was, was still going to be really good, but I didn't think they would be at this level this early. So uh, I don't know if it's uh, an indictment on how bad Oregon is or how good Georgia is. Uh, I, I, probably somewhere in the middle, uh, but not a great look for uh, Oregon. You mentioned we're going to talk a little bit about the Pac-12 later. Uh, I believe in the SEC, every team with the exception of LSU won. Um, so I think that'll be a different story when we talk about the, the PAC 12 for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, um, all right. So we got a little bit of time. We can talk about a few more. Um, w- w- we don't spend a lot of time on, on the Texas A&M Sam Houston uh, just because of, of how kind of one sided that was uh, that ended up being 31 uh, zero. I will say the one thing that, that, jumped out at me on that was, um, Haynes King's performance. Um, you know, I think he did have three touchdowns, um, but two interceptions against a a team that is really good. They won a national championship, uh, two years ago, I believe, but, um, you know, not an FBS championship. And I think that while the 31 zero is, is, is good and probably where it should be. I don't think King's performance 364 yards, three TDs, but two interceptions is is probably all that comforting for for the Aggie faithful. Uh, wh- what do you think about that?
1: I I actually didn't tune into any of this game at all. Um, I I did obviously do a little bit of homework on it before, but A um, I M did what they needed to do. You know, I know the weather wasn't great there. Uh, I know the game had multiple lightning delays, I believe, and yeah. and it took a long time for that game to get get it over with and everything. So you got to think some of that was. Uh, these guys probably getting a little frustrated having to wait, go back to the locker room there and back back and forth. But, uh, you know, I was honestly kind of like you. I, I was a little little disappointed in Sam Houston. I, I didn't expect him to win. I really didn't expect it to be that close a game, but I thought it's thought Sam Houston would at least get on the board. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're Haynes King, you probably want a couple of those interceptions back. He threw for a lot of yards, but uh, I think A&M, like you said, there's not too much to be said about this game. I think A&M took care of business against a very – Solid FCS program, very good FCS program, and uh, I, I don't think if your hand's king, I don't think you need to worry too much. I think AM's going to be just fine, and um, yeah, and, and 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 they they took care of business. I, I like I like how they scheduled that Sam Houston game. I think it's a good good little you know that like you said, you mentioned this last week proximity to each other. They're gonna um, it's gonna be a game that the fans can get fired up for, you know, because I'm sure a lot of the fans have have connections to both. I'm sure there's a lot of Sam Houston fans that have A and M ties, and then A and M ties probably have a lot of Sam Houston ties. So it's a good game on the schedule for both teams.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's great for people in the uh, in that area, Houston area, um, Huntsville, all around there, and, and uh, two you know big time programs. So I think it was a great thing. All right, so let's look at one more before we get into uh, some other stuff. And you mentioned this, uh, uh, the Utah, Florida, uh, Utah coming in at number seven. Um, they went and traveled down to Florida um, and uh, Florida ends up winning that 29, um, and, 26. And again, um, while, while certainly a close game, I don't think anybody, or I certainly didn't expect uh, Florida to win that, um, you know, new, new coaching staff, uh, Utah's usually very reliable, very solid uh, in this one, Anthony Richardson, you know, probably heard a lot of people talking about him this weekend after his performance. 168 yards um, uh, throwing the ball and then three touchdowns um, running the ball uh, 11 carries 106 yards. So he definitely um, was able to uh, do some things, particularly with his legs. Uh, Cameron rising uh, 216 yards for the Utes, one TD and one interception. Um, so what are your takeaways from this? Um, you know, if, if you're, you're Florida, you've got to be thrilled um, probably ahead of schedule. Uh, on the rebuild and if you're in Utah you you got to feel pretty uh, disappointed losing this one uh, week one
1: yeah if you're if you're Billy Napier and company you're you're extremely happy with this one it was um, you know it it concerns me for Utah's sake that uh, the game was on the road in Gainesville you know Gainesville is a tough place to play I don't care if it's a down year or not for the Gators it's a tough place to go play Um, and and Wow, Anthony Richardson! What a what! I wish I'd gotten to watch more of this game. I, I tuned in uh, the fourth quarter and, and got to watch a little bit of it, but he really kind of showed out there. I, I thought Anthony Richardson was a superstar. I think he's got a lot of potential to be a really good, really good quarterback of the future for Florida. And if you're extremely happy for Billy Napier and Anthony Richardson, right there, picking up a good Utah. Utah is the one team I think from you know I, I we talk about not necessarily the strength of the the pac 12. I was, I was really thinking Utah was going to be the team maybe this year. If, 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 if there was going to be any kind of chance to get a team in, it was going to be Utah, you know, they would have to have a lot go their way. They'd probably have to um, run the table and have a few teams lose. And it still might not be enough just because uh, the lack of respect for the pac 12, but uh, really, really disappointed for Utah. Um, I don't think they initially played a bad game. I just think Florida went out and beat them. Uh and and it's a it's a heartbreaker for Utah because uh, like we've like we've mentioned before a, a loss right there probably probably knocks 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 you out right there you know a loss for the Pac-12 probably takes you out of the out of the equation you, you know Cameron Rising and uh, I know he's got a high ceiling for Utah I think he's he's a good quarterback and uh, Utah is a good program right there but that's a that's a heart, heartbreaking loss to start the season and the way it ended right there you know Utah had the chance to win the game right there at the end and and Rising tried to force a throw right in there and got it picked off there at the, I think they were inside the five. So,
0: yeah. So, all right. So that's a, uh, that's a look at the top seven. Um, for, for time's sake, let's, uh, we got some new segments we want to talk about this, this week. Um, I think you, you've got one. I'll let you start. What do you got for us? Let's, let's talk a little bit about this.
1: All right. So I'm uh, taking, I'm not going to try and copyright this or anything, stealing it a little bit from uh from get up. I like to watch Get Up um, uh, ESPN in the mornings, and I don't think they'll mind us here at Mental Limes uh, taking their little segment right here. But we'll keep it all, of course, college football. I know they mix it up a little bit, but it's uh, it's going to be called Overreaction. I guess today we call it Monday, Overreaction Monday. But I guess most uh, most weeks will, will be on Sundays for going forward, so we'll call it Overreaction Sunday. But today it's Overreaction Monday. Got a few talking points we'll go over, and whether or not it's an overreaction or not. Um, I'll start off Coach Tripp and uh, we'll both give our take on this. So Ohio State versus Notre Dame right here. Um, is it an overreaction that Ohio State going forward? Um, well, of course, I'll talk about what happened. So uh, Jackson Smith and Jeeba, their they're number one uh, target, C.J. Stroud's number one receiver, goes down with a hamstring injury in the first quarter, tried to come back in the second, just couldn't go, and then eventually sat out for the rest of the game. Is Ohio State – or the Buckeyes going to struggle without Smith and Jiba? Now, something like a hamstring, uh, expecting to maybe miss one week, could miss three weeks. Could be a, probably a one- to three-week injury. We don't know. Is is it an overreaction to say that Ohio State's going to struggle without him?
0: My take is yes, that's an overreaction. I think based on what we've seen with with uh, their commitment to the run this week, if they need to now, they, can, they know they can pound the ball, they can ground – uh, grind it out on the ground you still have cj stroud uh, granted uh, that's his his favorite target but but that dude can throw it around to, to anybody and those receivers can get open so certainly they want to have him but i think it's an overreaction to think they'll struggle without him uh, at least in the short term
1: i agree too i think it was a little bit of a, i think it's over a little bit of an overreaction as well um, due in part to their schedule i think if this had happened later in the season they you could worry a little bit, but they've got, I mean, they've got a couple of gimme games coming up. They've got Arkansas state at home on the 10th, and then they've got Toledo the week after uh, on the 17th and then 24th, you could scratch your head a little bit. If he's not back, they have get Wisconsin at home. Uh, and that'll be a, that'll be a tough one if, if he's not able to go, but uh, I'm going to go with overreaction as well. Uh, you hit the, you, you hit it perfect. They've got, all, they've got plenty of weapons. They established a good run game with their two backs. Henderson, um, uh, Henderson and Williams right there really, really uh, stuck out. And then they – they, uh, they, C.J. The, did what he could without him. You know, he had a Abuka, and then he had Marvin Harrison Jr. He also had Xavier Johnson who really stood out. So I think he's got plenty of weapons right there. So I agree. A little bit of overreaction. Um, keep it on the same game right here. Overreaction or not, is Notre Dame in trouble? Is their rest of their season in jeopardy now that they've got – a, a loss on their record? Uh,
0: I am going to say uh, right now um, it is not an overreaction. I think it could turn out that they could be fine, but I think they've got to find an identity for themselves offensively. I think they're, they're probably very pleased with what they've done defensively, and, and Al Golden, the new defensive coordinator who came in from Cincinnati Bengals, has got to be pleased um, with the effort they gave. Um, Tommy Reese, on the other hand, offensively, they've got to find an identity. They knew it was going to be tough, new running back, you know, new quarterback. Uh, and again, it, it is one game against a, 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 very good opponent, number two team in the country. Uh, and they did show glimpses of things they could do, particularly with their tight end. Um, so I think, uh, things could be, get straightened out, but, uh, I'm going to say right now, it is not an overreaction. I think Notre Dame needs to be very concerned, uh, and get this, uh, fixed quickly because if they don't then then their season is in big trouble.
1: You know, I was I was kind of 50-50 when I was coming up with this topic right here because you know, unfortunately for Notre Dame and, and I'm 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 not a biggest fan as you are but um, unfortunately for Notre Dame they're they're they they get a lot of scrutiny, you know, they're they're looked at in a microscope almost they're almost looked at as like a as, as like a smaller school. Um, that, that, you know, if they almost have to go undefeated to get into that, that mix of the college football playoff. But I think Notre Dame's a good team. And, you know, they, they really, I, they, they just struggle a bit, a little bit offensively against a great football team. I, I don't think, um, I don't think it's an overreaction that they, they really necessarily played bad this week. Um, I just don't think their offense necessarily shows up. The thing that they've got in their favor, well, first of all, I'll get my answer. I don't, I don't think it's an overreaction. Um, or excuse me, I I think it is an overreaction that their their season's in trouble. I don't think their season's necessarily in trouble, do I? I don't think they can afford another loss, though. I'll say that it's. I I don't think we've seen a two-loss team get in the college football playoff yet. But I but I like Notre Dame's schedule. Uh, I was looking at it earlier. Notre Dame plays uh, four more ranked. They have they have Notre Dame plays a pretty good schedule this year. They've got four more ranked opponents. Um, they've got BYU on the road. That'll be a tough one. They've got. Uh, Clemson at home later in the season. They've got USC on the road later in the season. And they, they you know, Notre Dame's playing a good schedule. If they're able to pick up some of these road wins, or excuse me, some of these ranked wins later in the season, um, I think they can get back in the hunt. I still think they're a good football team. I think Marcus Freeman's got a great defense over there. But like you said, they got to get that offense figured out a little bit. So I think it is probably a little, just a little bit of an overreaction that their season's in trouble. Um, but I will say, I do think, I, I don't think they can afford another loss. All right, we'll, we'll move forward and and uh, and and feel free to cut me off if uh, if there's another topic or something else you want to jump in on one of these games, Coach Tripp. Um, right. We'll jump over jump over to Georgia and Oregon. Um, overreaction. Uh, Bo Nix has gone back to his old ways at Auburn. Is is Oregon in trouble? Um, or excuse me, I should ask: Is Bo uh, is Bo Nix in trouble uh, with his starting job there? I know. I know they they said after the game that he he's their guy he's their quarterback is Bo Nix in trouble there in in, in Oregon with his starting position?
0: Uh, I'm going to say it is uh, an overreaction and and maybe maybe he should be a little bit in trouble. But look, uh, first of all, as you said, he's he's very athletic, very talented, uh, knows the game. Second of all, um, yes, it was a bad loss and he did not play particularly well, but it was against the the reigning defending national championship, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, uh, champion Bulldogs. So uh, I do not think at this point, this early in the season, they want to uh, pull the trigger. They, they've put their whole off season around him as the quarterback. And I think that uh, he is going to be fine. I think that, um, you know, if, if you were to make that argument, you you might be making the same argument. Well, is, is Dan Lanning, you know, in trouble. And and I think clearly, no, uh, this was a bad loss and and, and something maybe they were underprepared for. But I think that um, in terms of big picture, uh, they're going to ride both of those guys out as they should. And, and, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And and I don't know that they're going to play another opponent uh, to that level. So I think that uh, it would be an overreaction to say his uh, job is in jeopardy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I'm, uh, I like what you're saying there. I, I think it's still pretty early. I think, you know, Bo Nicks left Auburn for a reason. You know, it was mutual that they things just didn't work out there in Auburn. And I think if he keeps up, like you said, they're not going to play another – they're they're not going to play Georgia every game of the season. They're they're not going to play a, a team that good uh, probably for the rest of the season. I, I haven't checked out their schedule too in depth, but I don't think Oregon's going to have that tough of a, a conference schedule uh, Test, of course, there in the Pac-12. But um, I, I will say though, I think Bo Nix has got to watch himself. You know, he's got a history. Um, you know, of getting wild and erratic at times. I think, think, uh, I think, I think they're going to ride him. Uh, I think he fits that system perfect. You know, that up tempo uh, play style that Oregon likes to play. I think he's a good fit there. But I'll tell you what, I think, uh, I think if Bo Nix goes back to his Auburn ways, he could be in a little bit of trouble. But I think right now, it is a little bit of an overreaction as well. I, I agree with you there. Um, overreaction, we'll keep it on Oregon. Um, and this, we've kind of already kind of answered this sim, uh, similarly, but is Oregon not as good as we thought overreaction or no,
0: I think that is not an overreaction. I think, um, I think they're not. And again, I'm making it, I'm sort of going against what I just said, because they did lose to, you know, the defending champions, uh, but it wasn't a case where, like with Notre Dame, at least you saw glimpses. You you saw them hang around defensively for a while, and and and, and they had a little early success, you know, uh, offensively. Uh, here, there was there was really they were never in the game, and so I think that, um, uh, and again, it's a one-game sample, but I think that number eleven ranking certainly um, didn't age well based off off of the performance and the results. So. Um, I would say um, them being not as good as we thought is not an overreaction because I think they are not as good as we thought
1: I agree as well I don't I, I don't think there is a – I don't I think that number 11 was a little a uh, little much I think or you know and a lot of the times you know we see it with UT every year we see it with Texas every year they, uh, they they get overranked for the most part I know they're not not this year but but for the most part Texas gets a gets a favorable ranking every year I think Oregon, and 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 give hats off to to their past you know Oregon Oregon's a, got good culture up there in Eugene they're they are a good historic program over the last 10 15 years or so um, so they've earned that right to maybe be start seasons overranked uh, but i don't think it's an overreaction that that Oregon's not as good as we thought the Pac-12's just it, it's just it's just not as good as we thought right there and um, so so i have to agree with you right there um, one last thing um, go, we'll keep it in the Pac-12 right here Coach Trip, with uh, with Utah and Oregon both losing, and uh, is the and all uh, is the Pac twelve and and also I'll, I'll throw USC in the mix. USC not necessarily being uh, too close to that top top five, that top four, top five being at number fourteen is the Pac twelve uh, with Oregon and Utah both losing and USC kind of sitting back a little bit. Is the Pac twelve in jeopardy once again of not being in the college football playoff?
0: Yes, they are. Um, Right now their, their only chance is, is probably USC and uh, USC, you know, with, obviously they're going to be high profile because of um, some of the moves they got, Uh, obviously bringing Lincoln Riley and then some of the players that came through the portal, Caleb Williams and um, that sort of thing. So I think if if they can go undefeated, that would be their best shot. They'd probably have to have some help, um, you know, because uh, Alabama uh, or whoever wins the SEC is, is going to be in. You might have two teams from the SEC. And, again, we, we, we haven't expanded yet. So um, they are in trouble. And I, I'll go a step further um, to say not only are they in trouble for this year, they're really in trouble with once USC and, and Texas – or uh, 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 UCLA leave. So um, – so that's, that's, uh, I don't not think that's an overreaction. I think their only shot right now is USC and that's gotta be uh, a little bit frustrating knowing that they're going to be gone, you know, mm-hmm. in
1: years. I, I agree too. I don't, I don't think it's an overreaction. I thought before this week, their best shot was, and, and looking at the ranking, I mean, this, this is stating the obvious, but I thought their best option was going to be Utah, you know, Utah coming in at number seven and, um, and, and, it's an uphill climb now for for the Pac-12. You know, um, even if Utah or someone like that is able to, to to run the table and win out, I still don't know if that's going to be enough. So, yeah, I think their best shot now it it, it moves over to to USC. Uh, USC, you know, took care of business against a you know uh, Rice. You know, so they didn't play anybody tough in week one, but. I thought their best chance was going to be Utah. You know, Utah had the best ranking coming in at number seven for the Pac-12. Having a very successful season last year, and they were probably uh, they were they were the best team in the Pac-12 a year ago. And um, you know, you get you gotta you gotta be aggressive. I think if you're the Pac-12, I think you got to have these good non-conference schedule games um, to to build back up your reputation a little bit. And Utah tried that. Um, they 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 got beat. You know, I don't think they necessarily played bad against Florida. They just got beat. Anthony Richardson played great. Billy Napier had a good game plan going in, but, uh, yeah, pack 12s in trouble pack 12s in trouble. Cause, uh, you know, they they're sitting on the outside end and, and, and a couple of their comes, a couple of their top ranked teams already taking losses this week. So, um, but that's, uh, that's our overreaction Monday coach trip. Um, I didn't think, uh, really to throw anything about big 12 in there. Um, Nothing, nothing really going in Big Twelve this week. Other than uh, no, go ahead. What were we gonna say? Oh,
0: and we'll talk a little bit. I got a few things that we're gonna do, and, and it'll tie a few things to the to the Big Twelve. Nothing major. Right. So a new new segment we're trying here is called Suds or Duds. Suds meaning you you like it. You would you would toast a beer to it, a sudsy no, beer don't. to it. Or a dud is I don't like that. And that's the there you go. So uh, the first one um the uh they announced the playoff expansion to 12 teams starting could be uh 2026 i guess they could negotiate it sooner but as of now potentially 2026 the playoff college football playoff expansion to 12 teams raise a raise a toast suds or dud for you
1: i'm gonna you know me coach trip i've been a bit at big advocate of it in years i'm gonna i'm gonna raise my dr pepper z right here I think it's a, I think it's the sud right there. I will say though, I am surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised that we eventually are getting it. I'm surprised it is 12 teams though. I did not think right off the bat. I didn't know how they were going to go about it. I didn't know if they were going to gradually increase, you know, maybe go eight then maybe down the road, eventually go 12. I'm surprised they're making the jump to 12 so quick. I will say that.
0: Well, here's where I'm kind of with you. I, If they would have gone to, uh, you know, eight teams or or something like that. I probably would have said dud because at, at my core uh, I like the format we're at, but because they're not going to nickel and dime us and and add a few. And then a few years later, add a few, I mean, they're, they're putting 12. Hopefully that, that puts the uh, puts a cap on it, at least for the foreseeable future. Since I knew it was going to happen, I'm going to, I'm going to say suds to that. Uh, If they were going to do it, just, just get it out there, rip the bandaid off and let's go. Yep. All right. So, here. Um, uh, this one I'm just throwing it out there as a dud. Um, and you probably saw this. Uh Quinn Ewers getting his car towed during the
1: Texas zone. <laughs> um, I mean, come on, he's he's at home, he's in Austin. Yeah. How does that happen? That's a dud for sure. I mean, I mean, come on, UT campus police or or the city of Austin, who whoever, I mean, I don't know what the Hey, you're trying to meet some quotas, quotas down there in Austin or something. Come on, give your give your new quarter quarterback transfer a little love going in there. But yeah, man, what a what a dud right there. I mean, how, yeah, how would you? Good. I mean, welcome welcome to welcome to Austin Quinn. I mean, welcome to Texas right there. So yeah, and what I think a dud. They, Poor guy. I think they could have
0: run that license plate when that
1: name came up. Might have
0: said, oh, all
1: right. Well. And you know he's you know he's probably you know he's probably parked on campus. I mean I mean because you know if you've ever been to. Uh, Daryl K Royal I mean it's right there right there and right it's right there on campus I assume he's probably not parked too far from the stadium you got to think it was campus police so you know they can run the they can run the they can they can scan his uh, his, his pass so, you know most college students have a pass on their car yeah man re, re, read the room right there come on campus police
0: yeah no doubt all right so I don't know if you saw this last night and, and this is um, I don't want to make light of this this is definitely a dud just because uh, he, nothing. Uh, no taunting, nothing was going on, but Mason Smith uh, injured last night, celebrating a big play for LSU, uh, didn't come back the rest of the game. So that's a dud, and I, I certainly hope he comes back quickly because, again, you know, I know as a coach, go celebrate with your team when something good happens, and, and he was just doing that excited and, and gets injured, and so that's definitely a dud for me. Uh, obviously, it's a dud for everyone, but uh, I just feel really bad uh, that that happened.
1: Man, yeah, you hate to see that, and and unfortunately, Coach Tripp, I, I, you're starting to see this a lot. You're starting to see this happen a lot in sports. I think we really, it, it's funny you bring this up because, um, I, you know, I really kind of, I, I've, I've really noticed it these last few years. Uh, I, these, these guys are getting so athletic that, uh, <laughs> something real, I mean, just, just a little jumping up and down can injure these guys. I, the, the, the reason I, I really kind of. I've noticed this was a few years ago, uh, my, my Dodgers were in the world series and uh, this happened. Cody Bellinger, I mean, is doing a home run celebration for some of his teammates where they, they, I don't know if you see it in baseball, they'll hit their forearms against each other. Right. I mean, it hurts his forearm ends up having to have surgery after the world series is over. And it's, it's, you know, these guys are, these guys are getting so athletic nowadays that man, you can't even jump up and down. So it, it's definitely a dud that that you get, you, you hate to see something like that happen
0: uh last dud before I, I, I end up with what i think are some suds man lsu special teams uh definitely duds you know they two months um uh had a extra point blocked a field goal blocked or missed um you know that's that's four mistakes obviously every coach and you know, it's very cliche but three facets of the game offense defense special teams you know they did enough offensively and defensively to to force overtime. Unfortunately, uh, those four mistakes um, cost them the ball game. So LSU special teams, that's that's a dud for me uh, last night.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you're Brian Kelly, you got to wake up today being pretty frustrated because, you know, I mean, you had your chances as poorly as you played. I mean, you still had a chance to win that game. Um, gosh, you had a chance to send it in overtime right at the end. I mean, um, you know, special teams doesn't get the love that it, it, it deserves. I mean, it's a – I mean, it's an important – I mean, You've got to be fundamental in every aspect of the game. You know, sure, offense, defense gets the majority of the love, but you know, good special teams, uh, good, good team, good teams that have good special team programs and and good special teams coordinators. Um, you've got to be fundamental in every aspect of the game. You got to take care of business, and I mean, it's little stuff like that. I mean, I mean LSU. I mean, what would you, was it two punt? You said two punts were blocked and two a field goal. Well, an extra well, point two. LSU muffed two punts. Fumble two punts and then yeah uh,
0: yeah an extra point block and then a, a field goal missed uh, you, I mean I block. mean that
1: guy yeah I mean that extra point last night to send it in overtime I mean if you see the guy coming off the edge I mean he was untouched I mean that wasn't the kicker's fault it was a good it was a good hold it was a, it was it was I'm sure the kick kick was solid I mean gosh it was a chip shot Um, and you know I mean just the guy coming off the edge got a great jump and just went untouched and 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 swatted it down and so yeah, that's definitely a dud if you're LSU right there. You gotta you gotta think special teams was definitely the reason you didn't win that one last night.
0: And I would say Suds um, is obviously week one of college football, but particularly um, the Appalachian State North Carolina game, Florida Utah, Houston UTSA, um, the East Carolina um, game, and Purdue Penn State. Some of these games that that came down to the wire that that. It made this really feel like, even though it was week one, almost feel like postseason. I mean, I was on yeah. the edge of my seat, even in the games I didn't have a necessarily vested interest in. So uh, kudos to those coaches and athletic directors for for scheduling some of these really competitive game and, and suds to week one of college football for sure.
1: Absolutely. I'll raise my, raise my Dr. Pepper right here one more time. I mean, it was a great week one. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, it almost felt like March Madness with the amount of craziness that was happening. I mean, every game was coming down the wire, something crazy was happening. I mean, NC State, like you or East Carolina had multiple times beat NC State, missed it a couple times at ETSA, Houston game, triple overtime. I mean, there was, there was craziness left and right, and then, of course, last night. So it was, uh, it was definitely a fun week one, one of the better week ones I can remember for college football.
0: All right. So before we wrap it up, let's talk about what games you're looking forward to next week. Uh, I bet I can pick uh, at least one of them with the number one team in the country, but what jumps out at you uh, for games uh, this upcoming week? Anything specific
1: you're looking for? We've talked about this before. I mean, coach strip, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that UTSA and army game. I'm, you know, I think we've, We've really kind of fallen in love with that UTSA program and everything. I'm looking forward to And that's going to be a tough one. I mean, Army is a good football program. I mean, they've, Army these last few years has really kind of uh, taken the leap over Navy as that, as that best uh, that, that, uh, over Navy and Air Force, is that, that really solid uh, of, the, of the armed forces right there. And yeah. It's going to be a tough one on the road up there in West Point, um, and, and that's going to be a fun one. Of course, I'm going to be glued into that Texas-Alabama game um, and, I'm um, I'll tell you one game that I'll have a lot of rooting interest in is obviously Texas tech and Houston. I'll be, uh, I'll be throwing my guns up I'll be watching that one. It's going to be in Lubbock. I think, I think tech's got a real good, good chance to, to win one against a good Houston team. And, and if Joey McGuire could pick, could pick one up there in Lubbock against, against a ranked Houston, uh, team, that could be a great start to his career right there.
0: I love all those games. And I'm, I'm curious to see, uh, A&M, uh, and Appalachian state, uh, you know, uh, Appalachian State coming off, uh, you know, played really well, so that that one could be interesting, but but I love those other picks, and uh, uh, man, I'm all in on college football. I'm glad glad it's here. Glad we can stop talking about so much predictions and what ifs, and we can just talk about the game, so uh, TMAC as always, another great episode, and uh, again, uh, just as a reminder, we will be back next Sunday uh, 6.30 to wrap up uh, the official week two of college football season, and And have all the information you need. Till then, till next time, see ya.